to another edition of the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance podcast series. To learn more about the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, visit us at dbsalliance.org. Hello, my name is Hannah Zeller, and I am the Programs Manager at the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. I am so pleased to be able to sit down with three of our young adult council members, discuss the realities they are facing in regards to COVID-19. As life has changed for all of us, our conversation will focus on how they are coping during these times of unexpected change. Today we have with us Lauren, who's a New Yorker, where she is currently a third-year doctoral student in clinical psychology, MJ, who is also a New Yorker, currently working in production design for Adobe, and Olivia, who is a senior at Western Kentucky University, graduating in May. Hi, guys. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Anna. Um, So I'll start by asking Olivia, um, you're currently a senior and life is changing and classes have all gone online, graduation plans might have been changed. Do you want to talk about what this experience has been like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing has been just the shift in the day-to-day routine. So for four years, I was used to waking up, walking the campus, seeing people in person. And like you said, now everything's transitioned to online. So I know for some students, that's really challenging just from a learning perspective, because they're no longer in the classroom and they're having to adjust to Blackboard or Canvas or different software programs like that, I think for me, the hardest part is not getting that face-to-face interaction. Um, So for example, at Western, we use a video conference tool called Zoom for our lectures now. And you have the option to not share your video uh, with your classmates when you're on that. But for me, it's been helpful to share my video and to see other people. So even though I'm not in that physical space with people, I can still have somewhat of a virtual connection with my classmates. And you also talked about graduation. So that's a huge change. I know a lot of campuses aren't canceling graduation. They're putting it off, um, postponing it to a later date. And it's disappointing, definitely, as a student, because it's something that you work for for you know four, sometimes five years in undergrad. Uh, but the hardest part for me is, as a broadcasting student at Western, we have this little tradition where, in our studio, we have a brick wall and all the graduating seniors get to sign their name during the last show. Uh, And all of our shows are digital now, so that's not going to be an option this semester. But I've talked with other seniors, and the thing that we figured out that's going to work best for us is instead of foregoing that tradition completely, if we just find a date in the fall, hopefully when we can come back and do that. So that's been really helpful for us. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it sounds like you know, a lot of the realities we are facing now are just adjusting to postponing things in the future and really trying to make different kind of accommodations in our day-to-day life to, to see people differently uh, through Zoom and, and the video chat. Um, MJ, you're working for Adobe and able to work from home, but a lot of us are adjusting to working from home for the first time. Um, what's that reality been like for you? So I actually am very grateful and very fortunate that my position is one that I can do fully remotely. Um, Everything's digital and I have internet at my apartment and I have a computer where I can, I can do all of my work, but you definitely much like Olivia, you miss that face-to-face time with people. My coworkers and I actually schedule in 
FaceTime with each other, maybe two or three times a week, we have a meeting where we just check in on each other and say, Hey, it's kind of like a mental health check. How are you doing? What's new in your life? What are, what are the difficulties or what are you having to, um, acclimate yourself to in this new situation? And, um, that's actually been a saving grace. That's, that was a way that we adjusted our routines because, what I really struggle with actually is having much again, like Olivia, having that routine for so long. And then all of a sudden there's, there's no structure. So, um, what I've found is really helpful is waking up and setting a structure for myself. So trying to get up, you know, brush your teeth, get dressed, even if you're not going to be seeing anyone that day, having that kind of, that kind of routine schedule really helps just kind of with the pacing of your day and your own mental health, I think. That's definitely, definitely good advice. I know um, the routine shift is is really dramatic for people. And Lauren, I'm thinking about the fact that you are someone who is working as a therapist. And I know you see clients and conduct therapy. So um, how has that been uh, shifting your work um, to having it happen through technology? Yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, you know, I'm in my second year of training providing therapy. So, you know, obviously haven't had to do this before. Um, it's all very new. Having to navigate the, you know, technological difficulties, like if the video lags or cuts out or is staticky, um, if the audio isn't that great, you know, if there isn't a good connection, you know, all those things have really contributed to um, just me having to really make sure I'm adapting with in my sessions with clients. And also, if the sessions are over phone, for example, making sure that I'm responding every once in a while saying like, mm-hmm, or uh, making sure that they know that I am there and that I am listening. And it's not just complete silence for uh, too much of an extended period of time, just letting them know that I'm there. But yeah, you know, um, I think my the clients that I'm working with, at least they've responded relatively well, at least to the shift. They've all been, you know, great about being flexible and, you know, still wanting to um, continue with therapy. Um, I know some of my classmates, their patients have been more dropping off the map. So um, I'm fortunate that the ones I'm working with, they, for them as well, you know, really so that they can continue to receive the care and support that they need during this time, because they're obviously having their lives disrupted too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, we've talked before about um, receiving therapy through digital technology. It's different for some folks and some folks might have um, some concerns or hangups. So would anyone like to speak to maybe some recommendations around, you know, how people can feel more comfortable acclimating to either a phone session or a Skype session and and, and what some good tips are in, in kind of adjusting to that? Yeah, I can definitely speak to that. Um, my therapist, our first virtual session was through telephone and it wasn't as productive as it seemed to be face to face. And I think that's you know, a given because there is so much that you take from being able to see somebody and read their expressions. Uh, and so for the next week, we decided we would try video conferencing. 
which for me, uh, it was a lot more productive to be able to see that other person. I also found that for me, doing the therapy in my home, maybe at my desk or, you know, out in my living room, it was a different vibe than when I go into the office. And so I, I almost have to take time to prepare myself to like get in that headspace like I would normally do on my drive to the office. Uh, so what's helpful for me is I have a journal and I kind of jot down my thoughts about things that I want to talk about during that session so that I can just mentally prepare myself before I go into it. Definitely. Um, so, you know, another thing that's really changing for a lot of people is, um, you know, the amount we're able to socialize with others. And I know that that, you know, can really be impactful if our social connections are part of our wellness. Lauren, you know, for folks feeling isolated, you know, what kind of recommendations um, do you have and and how have you been staying connected to, to people in your life? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, especially for me being in New York and having friends and family all the way in California, it's um, been a struggle to feel um, not so alone and not so isolated. But I think what's really helped has definitely been the video chats that I'm doing for Google Hangouts or Zoom, um, even Instagram <laughs> video chat, um, you know, things like that. And um, interacting a lot over social media has been helpful and not feeling so alone. Um, you know, friends responding to my Instagram stories and checking in on how I'm doing and me checking in on them. And then also online board game nights have been a thing for me and my friends. So using this thing called Jackbox TV. Um, we play on our phones. Yeah, I think MJ knows what I'm talking I about. I absolutely so. know what you're talking about. Jackbox yeah. TV is a lifesaver. Love it. Love it. So, you know, we all get to, even though we're all, you know, in our respective homes, we all just get to jump on our phones and then someone has the game streaming on their computer and we're all, um, you know, just still able to really, it, it still feels like, you know, we're together in that sense as we're playing those board game nights. Yeah, that's, that's all been really helpful. That's an awesome recommendation. I actually heard from a coworker today. She's setting up board game nights with with her family. I really love that idea. Um, you know, on the opposite side of feeling maybe disconnected from people is, uh, you know, when you're living with someone and now you're around them uh, 24 seven. And I know MJ, you're living with someone you want to speak about, you know, what that's like for you at this time. Are you, are you learning new things? Is it, is it great? Is it challenging? How Absolutely. It so, um, I live with my girlfriend of two years. Um, we live in a very small studio apartment in downtown Manhattan. There is not a lot of space. So, um, we're actually, I think, again, very lucky just because of our specific scenario. She's, we were best friends for about 10 years before we started dating. So we kind of know what, we know how to push each other's buttons and how to avoid doing that basically. Um, so we honestly haven't had that much difficulty navigating, um, 
work meetings. Like if we both have video meetings at the same time, we kind of figure out how to space it out. Um, we both kind of, it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of talking through how you're feeling. If you need, um, space, if you need quiet, if you are feeling, um, even that you just need like some physical touch, like I could just go over and be like, Hey, I'm feeling so scared right now. I need a hug. And, um, I'd say overall, it's been, it's been a blessing that I'm, um, you know, for all intents and purposes in quarantine with, with my girlfriend. But, um, the one thing that has been a little more of an adjustment is actually our therapy. So we, as soon as we decided that we wanted to be really serious, we were like, okay, we should start going to couples therapy. So that has been the trickiest part actually, because again, like Olivia, um, it's a different mindset when you're in your home rather than when you're in a therapist's office. And, um, we would, we used to walk to the office and we don't really get that time anymore to, to frame, you know, how we're feeling in our minds and think about what we want to talk about. Um, so how we kind of deal with that now is we, we have a designated, again, we're in a studio apartment, but we have a designated space where we do couples therapy. Like we all go over and we sit on the couch and we set up our little, um, mini office on the coffee table and, um, even just that, and then being able to talk about it afterwards has really helped that adjustment, which has been one of the most difficult so far, I think. Wow. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing about that. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good. Um, you know, sage advice that you're sharing in there, you know, that you just kind of have to set up different adjustments in the routine. Um, you know, Olivia, I'm thinking about the fact that you are a broadcasting major and now I think what is high on everyone's mind and maybe contributing to our anxiety is media consumption. So I'm wondering, um, you know, what you're thinking about how people should consume media at this time. You know, we want to stay informed, but we also don't want to aggravate our symptoms. So do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, definitely. I think now more than ever balancing the timing of your media consumption and the type of media you're consuming is just of the utmost importance. Um, so for myself, there was a period of a couple days back in the middle of March that I just had the news on 24 seven. And anytime I would get a notification on my phone, I would think, you know, as a broadcasting student, I've got to be informed. I've got to open this up and read it every single time. Uh, and that just wasn't healthy. There wasn't any balance there. So what's been helpful to me is saying, okay, you can watch the five o'clock news tonight or okay, tomorrow you can watch the 10 PM news. Uh, so setting balance like that in what I watch uh, and disengaging from the screen at other times. And what's also been helpful for me other than just balancing time is the type of media. So it's not all news that I'm getting. Um, so for some people that might be like watching a comedy on a streaming service or something like that. But one thing that I really enjoy that I've told a lot of my friends about uh, is zoo camps. So it's these little live cameras that they set up at zoos. Uh, and it's not just a COVID-19 thing. It's been going on for a while, but I think it's really upped their popularity. 
but my personal favorite is the San Diego Zoo. They have a polar bear cam. Uh, so I just pop that up in the corner of my laptop whenever I'm doing any schoolwork. And if it gets frustrating or if I get overwhelmed with the news, I just look down and there's a cute little polar bear. <laughs> I love that. That's definitely a really good, good distraction. And we could all use more animal love, I think, right now. Um, well, thank you guys for all of this. I feel like this has been just a great conversation to go through your different experiences. Um, I think the last question I'd want to pose to everyone uh, for our community is, um, how are you taking care of yourself at this time? What what thing in your self care right now has been the most helpful? Um, Lauren, do you wanna you wanna start off? Yeah, sure thing. So, I think for me, it's definitely been um, a lot of yoga <laughs> um, and watching you know uh, live streams of my old yoga instructor and like. Um, near uh, local fitness instructors here, uh, streaming their exercise routines. So, because especially with me sitting in front of laptop uh, for, you know, several hours at a time, listening to classes, the class lectures, and uh, also with the video chats, you know, with friends and family. So my back, my lower back, especially really gets tightened up and cramped. So the yoga really helps me a lot and just really bounce, uh, grounds me as well. Like just provides that like moment of, um, you know, peace and balance to like when the days are seeming like they're just like blurring together. Yeah, that's definitely great. I know yoga's a part of a lot of people's practices. Um, and so helpful MJ, what's been best for you so far? So for me, um, I kind of alternate, I get, I get really antsy and really anxious. So, um, like Lauren, when I get, start to feel pains in my back from sitting, I started running actually just going on short little spurt jogs, making sure that I'm really far away from anyone else. But, um, even just like running a quick mile has helped me feel so much better, clear my head. And then also definitely getting in touch with family and friends and not talking about too much, <laughs> not talking too much about coronavirus and how it's changed everyone's lives, but just kind of catching up and seeing how everyone's doing and playing games. And like last week, um, last Saturday was my birthday. So I had a little Zoom birthday party and just got to hang out with all of these friends that I haven't seen in person, either because they live in los angeles or seattle or they're all over the map but it was so so nice to just get to catch up with everyone and um i don't know it's it kind of reminds you of what's gonna be still around after all of this is settled yeah absolutely and happy belated birthday i didn't know that um and olivia what has been most helpful for you yeah so i mentioned this um early on that I'm missing out on those walks on campus, to and from campus and on campus. So one of the biggest things that's also the simplest thing for me is just opening up my window if I'm working on homework or going and sitting outside if I have some reading to do or something like that to just get some fresh air because I think it's really easy to feel cooped up during times like this, obviously with social distancing and isolation. Uh, So just getting that change of scenery and some sunshine has been really helpful for me. 
That's great. All right. Well, I thank you all so much for taking the time to talk to the DBSA community today. The work that you guys do for the Young Adult Council is so awesome, and I'm so glad uh, that I get to have these great conversations with you um, about wellness and about how we are all dealing with an exceptionally challenging time period. So I really thank you for your time and really, really appreciate all the insights you've shared today. Hey, this is Dante Freeman, the communications manager at DBSA. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want to check out some of the live zoo streams that Olivia mentioned, you can find them in the footnotes. If you want to learn more about the Young Adult Council or you're interested in joining, there will be links to the YAC webpage in the footnotes as well. Thank you.